You're listening to the Telltale Channel. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check out my Patreon. And take a look at my other YouTube channels too. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything I release. All links are in the description. In this podcast, we're going to talk about the Mike Lindell deposition that just released, and it's hilarious. He loses it and calls the deposition lawyer and the judge assholes. Charlatan prophet of God Charlie Shamp, who says Trump will absolutely be in the White House for two terms on Biden's inauguration day. Do these people hear themselves speak? Trump pastor Shane Vaughn claiming somebody left his church because he mentioned Trump from the pulpit. He's a Trump pastor. I don't know why they'd show up in the first place if they were looking for a secular service. We also take voicemails. If you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Best way to get a hold of me, if you leave a voicemail between 30 and 60 seconds long, I'm almost guaranteed to hear it. I am still checking my emails. So you can send me a message by going to my website, omorgan.com, hitting the contact me button in the menu. You guys see that we got a drag queen running a school over there in Oklahoma City? Folks, that ain't going to happen here in Oklahoma. Let me tell you that right now. There have been recent reports of an administrator in an Oklahoma school that's a drag queen. So we have a drag queen allegedly um, running one of our schools here in Oklahoma. This is completely unacceptable. We have a drag queen principal of one of our schools who has now hired another drag queen to work inside our schools. This is what Joe Biden wants for our schools, folks. This guy right here is Ryan Walters. He's the superintendent over all Oklahoma schools, all Oklahoma schools for real. And he claims to have found a drag queen in one of the schools. He hasn't really specified who it is or where they are or anything like that. It's kind of like the litter box claim. You remember that where a kid claimed to be a cat. So they put a litter box in the bathroom so that the kid could use the litter box instead of the toilet. When it turned out to be completely fabricated all along, it was made up. It was nonsense from beginning to end. That's what this reminds me of, this whole drag queen debacle. Supposedly a principal at one of the schools. Give me a break. The superintendent over all Oklahoma schools is trying to start a culture war issue, trying to claim there are drag queens at his school. Painfully embarrassing. I want to talk about that in a second, but before I do, I just wanted to take one quick voicemail because it's relevant and it's important. So just listen to this with me for a second, and we'll continue on with Ryan Walters. Hi, Owen. This is Michael. I'm from Huntington, West Virginia. Um, I just found out that... By the way, I was from Huntington, West Virginia also. The Huntington Police Department uh, decided that they're going to have a chaplain program, and chaplains are going to ride along with the police officers... I'm pretty sure that's a violation of the Constitution, but uh, I didn't know if you'd heard anything about it. Thought you might want to look into it. Uh, Love what you do. Thank you. Have a great day. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, Here's the deal. This is actually an extremely important issue to me and to my wife for, you know, and to American atheists as an organization and others. Anybody is free to do a ride along. It's perfectly okay. You don't have to have any special whatever. It doesn't matter. But if there's a systemic problem of this happening on a systemic level, then we've got a problem. So I'll tell you what, if you guys listening have any knowledge of or experience with 
chaplains being taken as you know being taken on ride-alongs by the police go to the go to my website owenmorgan.com and then hit the contact me button on the uh on the main menu there and send me a message about it tell me what's going on so that we can find out if this is systemic or not we need to know a single example doesn't mean it's systemic necessarily I'm disappointed to hear that Huntington is doing that, but it does not surprise me in the least bit. If it's a systemic problem, we can attack it. Anyway, let's continue talking about Ryan Walters here. So mid-September 2023, he goes out there on this tour that he's doing, a superintendent of a school district, really. He goes out there on a tour to talk about this alleged drag queen that he found secretly at one of these schools. First of all, I don't care what somebody does on their off time. They're free to be normal human beings to their heart's content. And second, he didn't find a drag queen, okay? It didn't happen. If a drag queen really is at the school dressing in drag and acting as principals, fulfilling their duties as principal while dressing in drag and giving performances for the students simultaneously... That's a waste of school resources and time. They shouldn't be doing that. Keep your personal life at home and do your job as a principal. There's no issue with a drag queen being a drag queen outside school hours. You don't own that individual. They're not yours to keep and force to do what you will with them. But listen to what he has to say here, mid-September 2023. I mean, it's, com- it's a completely made-up claim anyways. I don't know why I'm even entertaining it, but okay. We have a drag queen principal of one of our schools who has now hired another drag queen to work inside our schools. This is- oh, they're, do- they're multiplying like trebles or tribbles or whatever. Tribbles from uh, the original Star Trek, you remember? Tribbles just kept multiplying. There were more and more and more and more. Drag queens are multiplying. What Joe Biden wants for our schools, folks. And Joe Biden wants this. Joe Biden wants drag queens running everything apparently in school this is just ridiculous does anybody other than far-right extremists and politicians believe this well i have demanded that that individual be fired no drag queen should be running a school anywhere in this country especially in oklahoma look i don't care what they do on their off time they shouldn't be doing it on their paid time i suppose you'd call it Because they have a job to do. They should be doing that job rather than doing whatever it is they do. But okay, whatever. I mean, he has the right to fire anybody that he wants. I seriously, deeply doubt that he found a drag queen. And on top of that, I doubt that he found a drag queen that hired a drag queen to do whatever it is the drag queens do. Or whatever it is he imagines they do. People clapping for this. The Supreme Court has been wrong. There is no separation of church and state in the Constitution or Declaration of Independence. Oh, I guess he just forgot the first sentence of it, huh? Let's just look that puppy up, shall we? Why not? Amendment number one. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or the press or the blah, blah, blah. Huh. Weird. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion, i.e. no religion will have any special privileges over any others. Now, if people in government 
act as their, you know, act in their government roles to give Christianity a special edge that no other religion has. That is government establishing a religion effectively. So I, I know where he got this. This is from David Barton. It's completely false. It's a ridiculous talking point. All you have to do is literally just read the first sentence of the First Amendment. The Constitution or Declaration of Independence, it doesn't exist. Yes, it does. I just read it. So we will bring God back to schools and prayer back in schools in Oklahoma, and we will fight back against that radical myth. Great. Fantastic. You know what? Oklahoma, where he is a superintendent, has been consistently getting really bad test scores. They're like ranked 47th, 49th, somewhere in that vicinity in education, in um, childhood education and quality of education. And he says, we're going to bring those test scores up. And how's he going to do it? The schools and prayer back in schools in Oklahoma, and we will fight back against that radical myth. He's going to fight back against that radical myth and bring prayers and Bibles back to schools. Okay, I'll tell you what, when you find out that that failed, something that people found out a thousand years ago, basing your education system on the Bible doesn't work, come back and we'll talk. This guy's a joke, dude. Let's watch each of these individual clips. Mid-September 2023. Folks, let me tell you, what you're seeing today is exactly what President Biden wants for our country. What are we seeing today? You guys see that we got a drag queen running a school over there in Oklahoma City? Again, with the drag queen stuff. No, I didn't. Folks, that ain't going to happen here in Oklahoma. Let me tell you that right now. Well, it, it literally is if you are to be believed. I see no reason to believe anything he says. But it's literally happening there if what he says is true. Again, I don't care what people do in their off time. Do whatever you want. This coming from the freedom of speech party, the anti-cancel culture party. What happened to all of that? They never cared about any of that stuff. They cared about their culture war nonsense. They cared about using freedom of speech as far as they could and dropping it the moment it wasn't convenient for them. Roaring applause. And he's smiling and laughing. Jesus, dude. President Joe Biden wants to destroy this country. He wants... Like, what would the motive be on that? Why would he do that? Why would he have an interest in destroying the country? What? to destroy our schools he wants to destroy your family and he wants to destroy our christian faith what he's a christian he's a catholic why would he want to destroy any of that stuff what is there any evidence at all let's be really clear that is his end goal okay well i'm gonna need a little evidence for that sorry but let me tell you not here in oklahoma it is absolutely not gonna happen well, it's not happening anywhere. We are going to be the tip of the spear to tell Joe Biden this isn't communist China. Okay? This isn't California. This is Oklahoma. Wait, did people think that this was California or communist China? I, I'm lost. What is he talking about? Like, China isn't even fully communist anymore. It's more of like a state capitalism type of deal, right? 
been a while since I looked into what China's up to economically or whatever. But anything they don't like is communist, of course. So, California, this is Oklahoma. This is where woke goes to die, folks. Okay, I've heard that one before. Did he just steal Ron DeSantis's catchphrase? I think he stole that from Ron DeSantis. Insert a bunch of clips here of DeSantis saying that. This is embarrassing, man. And then there's this classic little ditty right here, early September 2023, sitting in his car in a parking lot complaining about drag queens. There have been recent reports of an administrator in an Oklahoma school that's a A principal, supposedly. Go on. It's a drag queen. So we have a drag queen allegedly. um, Allegedly. Interesting word there. Running one of our schools here in Oklahoma. This is completely unacceptable. You know what's unacceptable? The fact that you're the superintendent over Oklahoma and you don't seem to know who this alleged drag queen principal is. He's very obviously just making it up right off the top of his head to use as a culture war issue. And it's truly deeply disgusting. We know that radical gender theory has been a direct assault on our kids. Uh, Wait, wait, wait. You're the superintendent. Don't you set like the curriculum? Don't you have influence over the curriculum? Can't you just look up the curriculum? Is there anything about, quote unquote, radical gender theory in the curriculum in Oklahoma? He knows damn well there isn't. And we can't allow this in our schools. Our schools have to do a better job of ensuring their hiring process ensures that their personnel match Oklahoma values. Oklahoma doesn't have values. As a state, as an arm of the government, it is simply there to protect people's rights. That is Oklahoma as a state. That is its only goal. Protect people's rights. My right to swing my fist ends at the tip of your nose. I can swing my fist anywhere I want, except for right here on you. Because that wouldn't be me exercising my rights. That'd be me violating your rights. Oklahoma is only here to protect people's rights and nothing more. Oh, and by the way, people have the right to be drag queens on their off hours. FYI. No parent wants to send their kid to school knowing that they could be exposed to this radical gender theory. Okay, if there's radical gender theory in the curriculum, then change it. He knows there isn't. He's looking for some way to demonize people. You know what he's trying to do? He's aiming for a, a, a slot in the Senate. Or maybe even run for president one of these days. Or anchor on Fox News. That's what he's trying to do. Act like an extremist nutcase so that people will pay attention to him. In any capacity, this woke war on our kids has to stop. We will not allow it in Oklahoma. This is the liberal insanity that every parent wants out of the classroom. There is no liberal intent there's no nothing happening it's all completely made up does this guy know he's full of is he making this stuff up intentionally or does he really believe this i have to wonder let me know what you think about it in the comments sticky oh and i'm proud of you i lost a good friend to heroin and it's amazing that you got through the that kind of journey good job you're amazing appreciate that yeah it's an uphill battle man heroin is it'll do a number on you a lot of the time when you go to like a a high school you'll find that the high school uses scare tactics Um, nancy reagan started some of these programs 
um, just say no dare i think maybe she started dare i don't remember anyway the idea is you're not supposed to take drugs under any circumstances and they're going to show you the end result of taking drugs fear tactics right show the end result of a meth head and it's ugly it's bad it's disturbing that's true but that's not you I mean, there's some meth right here in front of you, and if you take it, your your teeth aren't going to rot out of your head, and you're not going to get meth sores all over. You're just going to feel good for a while. That's it. That's what people are thinking, right? I feel like maybe we're taking the wrong approach. Telling the truth about drugs rather than only giving people the downside is doing more damage than good. There's a, um, a receptor in your brain that effectively acts as a lock, right? And certain drugs, like Coke or crack, fit into that lock perfectly, like a key. Meth, uh, heroin does it, you know, there, there are some receptors for heroin and things like that. They fit that lock like a, like a key, perfectly. And that lock just so happens to be the lock that unlocks the feeling of winning the lottery. You feel like you just won a hundred million dollars. You feel like everything is perfect in your life. Everything is good. You're happy. There's nothing to be miserable about. Anything can be accomplished. Nothing's insurmountable. That's the type of feeling you get from, from drugs, hard drugs, uh, coke and crack and heroin and stuff. I've never done meth before, but I've done coke and crack and heroin. But you keep coming back to that feeling and you start using it as a coping mechanism. That's the problem. That key keeps getting used on that lock over and over and over again. And this is an analogy, but in reality, the receptor, the, the lock, the receptor gets used to having that on it. And when it's not there... It starts producing extreme pain, extreme desire to, to have that again. You'll do literally anything, I mean literally anything, to feel that contentment again. Because all of that content, happiness, joyfulness, just pure enjoyment that you experienced, it's now the exact opposite. As enjoyable an experience as it was when you were high, you now feel a mirror image amount of pain and sadness and depression and difficulty. With heroin, it affects the whole body from the head to the toes. You can feel it wash over you. You know, you can feel everything just kind of calm down, your muscles untense, everything is fantastic. And when you stop taking the heroin, your muscles tense up. It's miserable. It, it, it hurts. It hurts emotionally. It hurts mentally. It hurts physically. You're just like human brains are not designed to have that lock connected with keys like that. Not that often. Not that way. Not designed to happen. We're not designed to feel that level of anything no matter what it is and proportionally the human brain is not designed to feel that level of pain that comes afterward 
every drug pretty much has a downside to it. It has that flip side. Alcohol has a hangover. Coke and crack have that burning desire to have more. It's it's not just like, oh, wow, I formed a habit out of this and I need it. It's like you will literally rip someone's chest open to get to it. Heroin has physical pain. Your legs hurt, your shoulders, your muscles, your everything, everywhere hurts a few days later. Ecstasy hurts shortly after you take your last dose and it wears off. Everything has a price to pay in the drug world, pretty much. Alcohol is addictive too. It's, it's underrated in how dangerous it is. Everything has a price to pay. Are you willing to pay that price? There is, you know, complete elation and contentment at the end of that rainbow. It's extremely enjoyable to do drugs. But when the experience comes to an end and you come crashing to the ground, you feel the need to bring you back up to where you were before and you can't deal with the idea of not having that crutch. And then you're addicted. That's it. So that's my take on addiction. That's my take on drug use. I explained that to my kid the other day too. I didn't want to give her the false impression that drugs are just bad and they will rot your teeth out of your head and that's all there is to it. I want her to understand that there's an upside and there's a downside and there's a price to pay. And people fight their entire lives to stop paying that price that they have to pay now because they tried it once. You know, I did coke long, long ago. Never had any connection to it. It's just my boss's coke that he had lying around. It was just a whole bunch of it. We were in Florida. Had like two ounces or something. It's giant, a gigantic baggie. You just grab whatever you want and pull it up. So I go over to his house and we'd hang out. And he had a couple of girls over that were topless at all times. Like girls walking around topless. I don't know why. He was just that kind of person. He was the only thing that would make him more stereotypical is if he had a tiger on a leash, too. Anyways, he had coke there. And he let me have as much as I want. Yeah, go ahead. Just pull out a line. Take one if you want. And I'd go over there and I'd snort a line and then I'd go on with my day. This is after my addiction to heroin and after conquering it. And I believed that I could keep the addiction under wraps. I believed that I could prevent myself from going too far. But that feeling you get after you run out of coke, you will, you will literally rip somebody's chest open to get more. Again, brain is not designed to go to those extremes. The human brain isn't designed for it. Now, I hung out with him a lot for a couple of weeks and did a lot of coke with him. But that was the only time I ever did coke. I didn't do it before that, and I haven't done it since then. But I go downstairs, get off my little elevator there, and I, I turn the corner, and I can smell it. It smells exactly like coke. I mean, I think it's actually just the drywall that they're working on or whatever. I don't know what it is exactly, but it's certainly not coke down there. I don't know what. It smells just like it. It brings flashbacks, brings that feeling washing back all over again. Once it's in there, it's in there for good. Do you want to pay that price? Do you want to have that problem for the rest of your life? Do you want to think about that? literally until the day you die 
There's an upside, there's a downside to everything, but our brains aren't designed for those extremes. Don't do it. Even alcohol, especially alcohol, don't do it, please. You don't realize what you're signing up for. You're making a deal with the devil, for lack of a better term. As Pantera said in their song, Medicine Man, have you ever wondered what heaven's like? He can show you in one night, overwhelming with euphoric lift, to lure you to steal your gift. Have you ever wondered what hell's like? He can take you there, just one taste and you'll be back, and by the high you'll swear. Intoxication seeping down to the bone, and there's no question to where you have to go. I'm telling you, man, drugs, getting into drugs, is the biggest mistake that you will ever make. If you go down that path, please, I'm begging you, please don't. Anybody listening right now, I am begging you to avoid it at all costs. Peer pressure is so powerful on, on people, but drug use should be the line there, man. Find new friends. Drug use will ruin you forever. Uh, thank you, uh, Sticky, for the super chat. Yeah, it has been a hard journey, but I've made it through. And I'm sorry you lost your friend, but like I said, man, you know, you never know which, which dose is going to be your last. You never know. I concur from an ex-user, just don't touch the hard stuff. Don't, yeah, don't touch the hard stuff. Don't do it. Your brain's not designed to go to those extremes. When you experience those extremes, you will, I mean, the the extreme high and the extreme low, you will do some crazy shit to get that high back and to stop that low. Absolutely. I mean, that's where you find bank robberies taking place and murders and stuff. Seriously, don't get into it. Even if it's just a friend, even if it's just once, even if it's on the table in front of you, especially then, even once is a danger. Don't. I know that there is a culture in Japan of drinking to seal a contract or something like that, right? Uh, isn't drinking like something that you do in a specific situation? I don't remember what it is, but yeah, that's got to be tough. I take naloxone, which is like uh, a medicine that basically prevents me from it prevents opioids from connecting to the opioid receptors in my brain. So if I took heroin right now, I wouldn't feel it. It wouldn't do anything to me. It'd be like I didn't take anything. Because the naloxone is so powerful, it, it, it attaches to the receptors and refuses to let anything else connect to them, basically. And an unintended side effect of that is that alcohol is affected as well. Alcohol just makes me sick. I don't like it. It's just gross. Used to like it back in the day when I was younger. Don't like it anymore. Drake Eldritch. Watch Tammy Faye movie. Seems like Jim Baker st started the prosperity gospel teaching, but must be older than that, right? Maybe just popularized it? Yeah, it is older than him. He did popularize it. He and Pat Robertson worked together closely, I believe back in the 70s, but Prosperity Gospel, I did a lot of research on this. When I was reading Kenneth Copeland's book on Prosperity Gospel, justifying it, it's existed since somewhere in the vicinity of the late 1800s. People have been talking about it. I think we even have a name for the guy who came up with it. Okay, this is just on the Wikipedia page. Again, I did a bunch of research on it. 
I'm just kind of using Wikipedia as like a, a framework or a guide, a, a reminder of what I learned when I was doing the research. It says here, according to historian Kate Bowler, the prosperity gospel was formed from the intersection of three different ideologies. Pentecostalism, which is a subset of Protestantism where, you know, they handle snakes and they fall out in the spirit and speak in tongues and all of the other stuff. Or they used to, at the very least. And snake handling's illegal everywhere except West Virginia now in the U.S. So they don't do that anymore, but that's Pentecostalism. So it's a mix of Pentecostalism, New Thought, and an American gospel of pragmatism, individualism, and upward mobility. So basically, American exceptionalism, the American dream, quote-unquote. Pentecostalism and New Age thought. The New Thought Movement is a spiritual movement that coalesced in the U.S. in the early 19th century. It was seen by its adherents as succeeding ancient thought, accumulated wisdom and philosophy from a, from a variety of origins, such as ancient Greek, Roman, Egyptian, so on and so forth. So it's a mix of New Age thought, Pentecostalism, and American exceptionalism that came about in the 1890s, I believe. Billy Graham is the young one, younger one, and Franklin, no, Franklin Graham's the younger one, Billy Graham's the old one, right? Yes, that's it, that's it. Billy Graham, uh, when did Billy Graham live? Oh, apparently he died not too long ago. Wow, this dude got a, a hundred years under his belt. Born 1918, died 2018, that's crazy. Billy Graham was an American evangelist and an ordained Southern Baptist minister, who became well-known internationally in the 1940s. He popularized or, or assisted in popularizing prosperity gospel, you know, along with segregating your church into black and white, that, that kind of thing. So anyway, if you're wondering where prosperity gospel came from, that's where it came from. It's existed since the, the late 1890s. Somebody says, so how does Rose feel about your mom jokes? Well, here's the thing. If you are in a relationship where somebody is extremely jealous or concerned or thinks that you're, you know, thinks that these jokes mean something or lead to something or whatever, there's just no trust there. It's just not going to work out ultimately, probably. A relationship is built on trust and if there is none, that's it. Now, family relationships are a little bit different. I'm talking specifically about dating relationships, specifically dating, marriage, whatever. It must be built on trust. And my wife trusts 100% that I would never do something like that. Never cheat on her. I would never be with anybody else, no matter what. Completely monogamous. And I always have been and I always will be. I mean, before I was with her, I was monogamous, and I've never cheated. And with her, I will never cheat. And she knows that. And I know that about her. So, ultimately, she knows they're just jokes. It's just funny. If somebody gets upset over those jokes, over your mom jokes, there might be an underlying issue there where they think that there's something to the jokes. Next, we're going to talk about the Mike Lindell deposition that just released, and it's hilarious. He loses it and calls the deposition lawyer and the judge assholes. We'll be right back. 
Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Of no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay, that when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole. Mike is what you are. Mike, no, sorry. he's an asshole. No. Oh, dude, I love it. Mike Lindell losing it on this dude. Okay, if you don't know what's happening right now, <laughs> uh, Mike Lindell is being deposed in a lawsuit. The lawsuit that's happening right now that that he's being deposed for is the lawsuit against him by Dominion. Like Dominion Voting Machines, Eric Coomer being the CEO of that organization, Dominion, decided to sue Fox News for a billion dollars, Mike Lindell for a billion, Sidney Powell for a, for a billion. Fox News just settled with them for $750 million, I believe. So Mike Lindell is being deposed in that lawsuit right now. And, oh, this dude is so easy to set off. It is funny. Oh, my God, I love it to death. So we're going to watch that in full in a second, but give this a listen. This is just like the starter. So we're just going to kind of move through sequentially and get an idea of, like, the tone, basically, as we go. All right? So this happened on March 8th, 2023. We just got our hands on it very recently. Tell us your full name, please. Michael James Lindell. Well, good morning, Mr. Lindell. My name is Charlie Kane. We met for the first time about... Who's paying you? Who's paying you? What? About four minutes ago. Okay, go Is that right? What's it? Is that right? Is what, what was the question? Did we meet for the first time four minutes ago? That was the question. Really? He's not even listening. He's just, like, accusing the guy of working for somebody who's paying you like what what kind of a question is that we met for the first time yes yes okay god okay so that that's the tone he's angry he's pissed off he's looking for somebody to take it out on that's what this is about if you want to see a whole the full breakdown of this just check out owen morgan which is my main channel owen morgan telltale i did a whole breakdown of it watched it beginning to end and uh, in a in like live stream format, and it was so funny. Oh my god! But we're we're just gonna watch a couple of minutes here. So all right, let's keep listening here. Okay, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna start slow because the court reporter is trying to take down what you're saying. Okay. So we're gonna speak slowly so that the court reporter can the stenographer can type things up at a reasonable speed, and you're not going to like blow through everything and make it make it harder for her to do her job basically that's what the lawyer's saying right it's just nice let's go slowly don't sit and scold me already mister i'll do i'll do whatever i have to do scold him what so i don't you're not you're just a lawyer you're an ambulance chasing lawyer so don't start with me i got all day what is this where is all this hostility coming from the dude just said we're going to try to take it slow. We're going to speak slow so that the stenographer can take notes of everything that's discussed. And he's like calling him an ambulance chaser and stuff. What? I'll take as much time as you want. So let's go. Great. That's all anybody wanted. Thank you, Mike. You're not my boss. You're just a lawyer. Frivolous lawyer. Okay. No one claimed to be his boss. So go. 
Jesus Christ. Couple minutes later, so this is split up. I split this into clips, and we're gonna go through sequentially, like I said a minute ago. This is the lumpy pillow video where he gets real angry. Give a little bit of context to it. From my understanding, the opposing counsel, the lawyer that's deposing him, was asking about his customer care system, basically, or his, like, I don't know, his uh, my pillow systems and how they work. Specifically, it does pertain to this case. And he says, I'm not asking about calls about, like, lumpy pillows. I'm asking about calls about, like, Donald Trump or whatever. He wanted to get to the heart of it. Like, are we, did you ever receive communiques through, like, any of the my pillow, whatever? I think that's what he's trying to get to the bottom of. So the opposing counsel says, I'm not asking about, like, lumpy pillow calls or whatever. You know, that's what he's saying. He's just using it as an example, not saying his pillows are lumpy. Okay, and I'm not asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay. Nice way of just avoiding the question. Okay. That when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole like is what you are. Like Dude, I love it. He is so angry. Oh, my God. Oh, he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. Oh, I love this, dude. I love this to death. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go. Are they? Okay, I don't know what that sound effect was or what that meant, but okay. They send them to here and they go. Or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. But we'll cover them, even though it could be somebody else's fault. Okay, let me tell you something, Mike. I ran an Etsy store for years. Now, I, I moved out of West Virginia, and I could not maintain the store myself anymore. So all my stuff had to go into storage. I couldn't run it anymore. And I can't run it from Manhattan either. The energy prices are way, way, way too high. There's no space here. It's just not feasible. So here's the thing. Yes, on occasion, USPS messes things up or FedEx or, or UPS or whatever. Sometimes they mess things up, sure. But you know what? Sometimes I mess things up. That happens from time to time. Sometimes your pillows and my you know, retro game stands or whatever else I was selling. Sometimes these things get messed up. It happens. Just admit it. Why is he fighting this so hard? This is bizarre. It's like he thinks that his pillows are above reproach and you can never complain about him ever. Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. Nobody ever called because of a lumpy pillow? Literally ever? Never? Nobody called because of a lumpy pillow. But good, good one though. You done? Yeah, I'm done. He's not done. <laughs> what I'm saying Obviously, is... you don't have a my pillow too. You don't, do you? Oh, I love it, dude. He is losing his mind. What I'm saying is, Mr. Lindell... Asshole. I... But go ahead. No, I'm pissed. I understand. Yeah, go. When you're... Dude, he is so easily triggered. It's so funny. Like, all you have to do is hint at the possibility that maybe... His pillows are not completely above reproach. And he and this is a private setting. He never thought this was coming out to the public. So it's not like, 
he's defending the honor of the pillows to potential buyers. He's just pissed off somebody's talking about his pillows. I love it. This is hilarious. No. But go ahead. No, I'm pissed. By the way, yeah, I added that quack intentionally. I hope you guys appreciate that that little duck quack there. Called him a quack hole. Understand? Yeah, go. When you're saying what? Do you need to take a break? No, I don't need to take a break. All right. Here's what you I'm could, asking. Uh, your you, lumpy sir. pillow question kind of set a nerve. Because obviously, just like your question in here, Mike's in your little complaint, Mike's frivolous uh, cyber symposium. This whole case is frivolous. You should be ashamed of yourself. But go ahead. Okay, so I think what he's referring to here, that is hilarious, by the way. I love that to death. So the case he's referring to, I believe that it's the Dominion case against him that Fox just settled. You know, Fox settled, I don't know, a year, two years. I don't remember how long ago, a while. They settled the case for $750 million, right? And now Mike Lindell is in the hot seat and being deposed, and he is in a lot of trouble. He doesn't have a, a billion dollars to spend. He doesn't have $750 million. Honestly, I don't think the dude's even worth $100 million. Dominion is going to own everything that this guy has by the end of this. I actually have video of Mike Lindell being served the lawsuit papers. Check this out. This is from early April 2022. There's a guy in an orange suit, if you're just listening, and a guy with like an orange uh, jacket on orange and gray, and he's holding like a manila envelope here, waiting for Mike Lindell to come out the other side. Just come out, like, come out the door, go through the parking lot, get in his car, right? You see how smooth that was? This guy just sees Lindell, hands him this paper, Lindell grabs it, just keeps going, right? Process serves her, ser I'm sorry, Process servers are sneaky, dude. Look at this. He's got an Iraq veteran, uh, I'm sorry, Iraq Afghanistan veteran hat on. He blended into the crowd seamlessly. These people are really good at what they do. My God, dude. They're like private investigators that like track you down and, and like catch you when you're out in the open to serve you these court papers so that they guarantee that you know that you have a lawsuit pending. Thank you, Mike. Thank you for everything. What is this? Sir, sir, what is this? And now Lindell's realizing, wait a minute, what what did he just give me? It's for you. Okay, well, what is it? It's not for me. It's not for me. It's for you. Okay, I, I need you to open. I don't... That, is, that is a court document right there, sir. Oh, it is. Sorry. Court documents. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah, fantastic, dude. Fantastic. I love everything about it. And uh, then he just lost his mind like the next day on his TV show, the Lindell TV, TV network, whatever you want to call it. Lost his mind on it, dude. Oh, my God. Check this out. And all this stuff. Well, there was a guy there that gave me an envelope and it's about this stick. And I said, what's this? And he was kind of sheepish. He says, don't open that here. No, he said, it's not for me. It's for you. It's court papers. Well, you might have seen it in the news today. It's a lawsuit, another lawsuit. They, they, um, Eric Coomer. Which is the CEO of Dominion, or was. It's, I don't, he may still be. I'm not sure. The president of uh, Dominion, 
Don't know if he still is, but he sued myself. He sued my pillow and he sued frankspeech.com. So he sued Frank Speech and my pillow, um, thousands of employees. It's just one more thing they just pile on, Brandon. Well, you know what, Mike? I've never worried about being deposed like you're being deposed right here. I've never worried about being sued by Eric Coomer. You know why? Because I've never said anything defamatory about him. I've never said anything defamatory about Dominion. Mike Lindell has been going around for years claiming that Dominion voting systems were in bed with the Hugo Chavez government and all kinds of crazy stuff like that. Is there any surprise, really, that you're going to be served with papers on this? Are you really honestly surprised by that? And he calls the lawyer who served the papers an ambulance chaser lawyer. Why would any lawyer take this case? Because it's a slam dunk, Mike. You made your own bed. Now you get to lie in it. Frivolous uh, cyber symposium. This whole case is frivolous. You should be ashamed of yourself. But go ahead. Just ridiculous. I, like, he cannot take blame for anything in his entire life. Has he ever taken responsibility or accountability for anything ever? So just a minute later, he continues. Keep listening. Finish your question on this and try not to talk about I get personal and badmouth my employees or my pillows or anything like that. Okay, he never said he wasn't badmouthing anything. He just said, I'm asking about customer care calls. You have a customer care line. It's important that we like suss this out and explain how it works and everything because it's part of the lawsuit. And he said, I'm not talking about the calls about lumpy pillows or anything. Did you get calls about blah? It wasn't like him attacking Mike Lindell. My God, is he sensitive. I've never seen anybody so sensitive about any one subject in my life. Lumpy pillows. That is his trigger, I guess. You ever meet Lindell? Tell him. Like, you see him passing on the street? Tell him that you have a my pillow and it's lumpy. That will set him off. And you he won't stop for who knows how long. He'll go home and he'll like go walk in circles wearing holes in in the carpet in the shape of a circle because somebody accused him of having a lumpy pillow. No joke. My employees or my pillows or anything like that. Go ahead. I haven't said a single word about your employees. And I don't own one of your You've attacked pillows. them. You've attacked them. You were part of this. You're getting paid on consignment. You get paid if they get money from my employees. Okay, the money doesn't come from the employees, Mike. It comes from your... Nice try. He keeps trying to shirk responsibility off onto other people. It's them that you're hurting, not me. It's them. No, Mike. You are the target of this lawsuit. And your company that you own is going to owe money for what you did. You lied brazenly on your Lindell TV network or whatever it is, on your Frank Speech News Network, if you can even call it that. You claimed that Dominion and Smartmatic were linked to the Hugo Chavez government and that votes were leaving the U.S. and being counted in Germany and all kinds of ridiculous stuff. Lies, blatant falsehoods. You're to blame for this. If any of the employees have somebody to be mad at, it's you, not the people suing your for what you did. You. Yes, you have attacked them. You personally did this with Newsmax. You, and I called it right out, the criminal lawyers and Coomer. 
when you guys did this to me. Again, Eric Coomer being the president or CEO or whatever of Dominion at the time, I believe. When you guys did this to me. Thank you. Now you got your answer. You already knew the answer. You just was hoping there was more, I think. It sucks that you're not going to win all this money, huh? Oh, no, they're going to win. Trust me. Fox News settled with Dominion for $750 million. They're winning. Do you feel it slipping away because you're all wrong and, you're, and you realize you shouldn't have done this? Oh, you know what? One way or another, the case is worth bringing because they defamed Dominion's character. Fox News intentionally, maliciously defamed Dominion voting systems, lied about them knowingly. They knew that this stuff they were saying wasn't true, and they said it anyways. And we know that because we got text messages from Fox News employees saying, this is all bullshit, right? We're all on the same page here. This is all BS. And all of that stuff came out in Discovery. Now, they're suing Mike Lindell for the same thing. I don't know if Mike Lindell is a true believer. I get the impression that he probably is. But he did defame Dominion terribly. Hurt their reputation, maybe irreparably. And for that, Dominion deserves to file this billion-dollar lawsuit and get every penny they can out of you, Mike. I'm sorry, man. That's just what it is. Can't go around defaming people like that. Can't go around slandering people. Because you're all wrong and, you're, and you realize you shouldn't have done this? I'm not sure you understand how you're perceived. You're perceived like a nutcase, Mike. I don't care how you think I'm perceived. Let me t how you think I'm perceived. No, Mike, you're you're perceived like a nutcase. OK, dude went on Jimmy Fallon. Have you guys seen this? Or I think it was Jimmy Fallon. No, Jimmy Kimmel. I'm sorry. It was Jimmy Kimmel. So apparently uh, Kimmel invited Mike Lindell onto his show. But Lindell refuses to get vaccinated, of course. So they wouldn't let him into the studio. And he ended up doing the whole thing from a claw machine, a, fa a big fake claw machine. And Qbert, the My Pillow guy, Mike Lindell. Hello, Mike. Jimmy Crumble, is that you? Jimmy Crumble? What? Is there a joke in there somewhere I don't get? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike, first question, Mike, is why do you think people don't take you seriously? There you go. You're not perceived seriously. He knows that he's perceived like a fool. Well, I, you know, I want to tell you this, Jimmy. Remember okay. when we were kids and uh, we questioned these carnival games, whether they were rigged or not? Yeah, right. But when, but when we spoke up back then, we didn't get sued, did we? Well, you don't get sued now for speaking up about it. You're allowed to say whatever you want under our free speech laws. You just can't knowingly and maliciously defame a company. You can't slander them with information that you know is not true, and you say it anyways, because you have some other end, some other thing that you can gain from it. That's the problem. Feel free. Talk about the election to your heart's content. You're wrong, but you're allowed to say it. Yo, that's right. Hey, Mike, get rid of that kid. Will you give him a toy or something like that? There you go. You got a winner. It's a rigged game. It's a rigged game. It's a rigged game. <laughs> He's perceived like a joke. Everybody views this guy as a joke, and he has to know that. Now back to his deposition. I'm not sure you understand how you're perceived. I don't care how you think I'm perceived. Let me tell you how you're perceived. You are perceived as an ambulance. You're the reason what's wrong with this country with lawyers. You're disgraceful. Okay, lawyers all have ethics classes that they have to take, 
and they are held to a very high ethical standard. Lawyers are, actually, in all seriousness. You're disgraceful. And I don't even know what he's, like, upset about right now. Like, why is he upset? Because he's being deposed? Welcome to the legal system, bro. What you are. I read some of the crap in here that you wrote in your brief. It's disgusting. The lies in here. One of them says, after Mike was with Donald Trump in 2017 at a manufacturer summit, he started doing promo codes on Fox. I was doing it 10 years prior. You know, this is a big lie. Okay, I don't know if any of that is true. I, I doubt it. I don't trust a word out of Mike Lindell's mouth. By default, I want to look everything up before I believe everything he says. But aside from all of that, what he's talking about here, I, I'm not exactly sure what this is about, but Lindell was actually very close to Donald Trump. Let me show you just how close he was. This is how close Lindell was with Donald Trump right here. The, leading up to January 6th, it hadn't happened yet. Photos of Trump ally, Mike Lindell, who visited the White House, capture notes about martial law. Mike Lindell went to the White House to talk to Donald Trump about declaring martial law after January 6th as a pretext to keep his grip on power. Here's another Mike Lindell and disgraced CEO Patrick Byrne, which is going to come up in a minute, pushed Trump to use intelligence data to back fake election claims, i.e. this Patrick Byrne guy, who again is going to be mentioned in this deposition, Patrick Burns and Lindell said, just tell people you have secret intelligence data that unequivocally shows that the election was rigged. That's all you have to say. You can't bring it out in the open because it would endanger national security, blah, 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 whatever. That was the plan. And then declare martial law because you're the rightful winner. And then you stay president. Mike Lindell and Donald Trump were like this, two peas in a pod. Didn't get closer for a while there. So it's really no surprise. Like, I, I'm assuming that in this deposition, the lawyer was trying to establish that Mike Lindell and Trump were close. And that's true. That's a fact. He started doing promo codes on Fox. I was doing it 10 years prior. Again, if he says the sky's blue, look it up. Don't believe him. You're, this is a big lie. You're a lying lawyer. So anyway, yeah, he's very, very unhappy with this deposition. And what's amazing to me is that I think the deposition was like three or four hours long. I only got a 20 minute like segment of it. Unfortunately, I've been trying to get the whole thing, but maybe only 20 minutes leaked. I don't know if anybody has access to the full deposition. I would love to see it. But anyway, the point behind all of this is Mike Lindell kept up a blind rage for four hours how do you do that that takes dedication and work to hold a blind rage for that long that's nuts i want you to understand another thing what's that this case is pending in federal court i don't in care okay look let the dude get a damn sentence out please federal court i don't in care what does that have to do with anything? If you let the damn guy finish, like, come on. He's, he w refuses to let him get a sentence out. I don't care. What does that have to do with anything? Do you understand that? Yes. All right. Um, there's a federal judge that's going to likely be reading and watching this deposition. Do I don't you care. you understand that? I don't care. 
She should have dismissed this a long time ago. Okay. She's she hasn't ruled on that. There's a problem. I got a problem with her too. Okay, okay let me tell you. This is sage advice from my wife, who's in law school right now. Everybody who goes through law school, even first year law students, one else, can tell you this. You don't piss off a judge. You don't do it. That's a bad idea. Judges hold so much power, it's absurd. Arguably, judges in our society should not hold as much power as they do. But you better hope that they're the type that likes having their kissed. Judges are disproportionately powerful for their position. And Mike Lindell just basically told her to go herself. Hold on that, there's a problem. I got a problem with her too. The judge has practice standards on how- No, the judge did not dismiss this case. We put in to get it dismissed and she ruled an unfair ruling saying, well, go ahead and do discovery and waste all your time while I'm sitting there not doing nothing. That's what that judge is doing. No. She, uh, from my understanding, again, don't take my word for it. You got to look this stuff up. But it sounds like what happened was the judge rejected Mike Lindell's request to dismiss the case or do a summary judgment. I'm sorry. Rejected his request for summary judgment and they moved on to the discovery phase. That's what happened. It seems to me again, not a lawyer. Don't know for sure. That's just what I'm picking up here. My God, this dude. He doesn't understand anything, certainly not the legal system. And he's just like digging a grave for himself, digging that grave, digging it up, digging it up and dropping the banana peel and putting one foot on it. It's only a matter of time. Your time while I'm sitting there not doing nothing. That's what that judge is doing. So don't tell me what the judge is doing. And you just let me worry about the judge reading this, okay? I just oh, the judge saw everything that Mike Lindell said about him. <laughs> Love it. I want you to understand that. No, you, 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 no you just don't worry about me. You're not out for my benefit, okay? Well, the other lawyer opposing counsel understands the seriousness. Again, judges hold a disproportionate amount of power in this situation. They can f*** your life from top to bottom if they want to. And the opposing counsel here knows that and is trying to communicate it to Mike Lindell because he just wants cooperation. Just answer my damn questions. That's it. And answer them slowly so the stenographer can take him down. That's all I'm asking. Mike Lindell can't even handle that. Like, And this is like long before the lumpy pillow stuff. He started out being an asshole. Jesus Christ, dude. He can, he's out for my benefit, not you. So you can, don't worry if I say something that offends the judge, okay? You just let me worry about that. You got that? Yeah, I got it. Okay, good, keep going. Okay. The reason I bring that up, sir, is if the judge is not pleased with your conduct in this deposition, there may be penalties associated with Okay, good, with you tell her, you go ahead, and you, you thank you for the, you're worrying about old Mike. You're, you're really, it's great. It seems like you bring a frivolous case up. You really have my back. Go ahead. Well, that's actually the best advice he could have possibly given Mike. Shut the f*** up. Sit down. Just answer the questions calmly. And don't be a fool because, again, judges hold disproportionate amounts of power in these situations. They can ruin your life in an instant if they don't like the look you gave them. They have way more power than they should. 
And Mike Lindell is making it clear that he doesn't like this judge at all. Never piss off a judge. Keep going. That judge, you put this in the record, that judge, it's a big problem I got. If someone didn't have the money or time to sit through this garbage, when I put into her summary judgment last summer and she hasn't ruled on it. There you go. Summary judgment. Just talk to my wife who is in law school and she says that basically a, a summary judgment is where the judge dis makes a decision on the case without it having to go to trial a dismissal is a little bit different where they don't have enough evidence or whatever so they dismiss the case and i think they can bring it if new evidence is is introduced not even necessarily not enough evidence in the dismissal case just like it's not even a valid argument or a valid complaint or whatever but a summary judgment in this case means mike lindell wanted the judge to rule in his favor now instantly without hearing any other arguments or without any whatever nothing and the judge said no i'm not doing that we're gonna go to discovery anyway summary judgment and dismissal those are all those are both very technical things and need more explaining on their own merits but i don't have the time to get into it right now it's a lot more complex than that i just gave you the bare bones basics of of what a summary judgment is so mike lindell's complaining that the judge didn't look at the case and instantly rule in his favor if he believes the the lawsuit was frivolous or there was no basis for the argument, he wouldn't be filing a motion for summary judgment. I believe that he, would, he should be filing a motion to dismiss instead. But he wanted the judge to rule in his favor. What? For summary judgment last summer, and she hasn't ruled on it? Either say it's because it's not happening, Mike. It's a ridiculous request. Either say yay or nay. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. She said nay, Mike. Yay or nay, it's disgusting. It's disgusting to our country that she couldn't make a ruling. Go, go ahead and do deposition. If it was some guy that didn't have money, you would put them under just in this garbage. Wasting my day. Well, I mean, if the guy didn't have money, then he likely wouldn't have a platform either. And he wouldn't have the ability to ruin Dominion's reputation the way that Mike Lindell did. You put yourself in that seat, Mike. Nobody else put you there. This is your fault. Take some accountability for once in your life. Wasting my time. But think if it was someone on the street. Don't you care about people? This is disgusting. Yeah, I'm just some guy on the street, and you don't care about that. This judge should have ruled a long time ago that you're yay or nay. She ruled nay. Frivolous or not, but she didn't. She said, go ahead and do discovery while I sit and decide what I'm going to do. No, she said, we're moving forward. Now do discovery. That's why you're in that seat. She did not say, I'm thinking about it. Maybe I will give you summary judgment. No judge in their right mind would do a summary judgment on a billion dollar case like this. That is absurd. That's disgusting. I got no problem with you on that. I got a problem with the judge not making a ruling. So there. So there. Jesus, dude. The guy is so angry 24-7. Like... This video is getting so long, but I love this to death. I've just eaten this up. So we're going to keep on going. Mr. Kane, I believe, is opposing counsel. So Mike Lindell just goes off about the judge not liking the judge. 
And the I, I'm assuming the opposing counsel, the other lawyer, Mr. Kane says objection, not responsive. Oh, I love it, dude. I love I love that everybody around him is remaining so calm and he's throwing a temper tantrum, the likes of which I've never seen. And I've had a two year old and then a three year old and then a four year old. I mean, I've never seen a tantrum this bad in my life. Never. I'm responsive. Here's here's another thing that I need you to know, Mr. Lindell. If the court determines that you're not being responsive or acting in good faith today, we may have to come back and do this some more. And I want you to understand that. Oh, I got that. All right. And so, i.e., if you're not answering seriously, we're just going to end up right where we were. And if that's the case, I will be asking for attorney's fees and costs. For oh, you're just costing yourself money, Mike. What is wrong with this dude? Seriously. Attorney's fees and costs for oh, you us will, to huh? do it. I'm again. already asking for them. I might just come after you guys for the most frivolous case ever when this is done. If there's a way to sue you, believe me, I'm doing it. Okay. Okay, just so you know that, beyond anything you've ever seen. So be prepared. I'm committed to being polite and professional. Okay, today. Cool. He has been, honestly. I, I don't know if I could sit there. Maybe if it was calculated and I was very careful. Maybe I could sit there through this barrage of four-hour abuse like this from somebody and just remain completely calm, just totally level-headed and ask simple, basic questions and not be passive-aggressive or any of that other stuff. Just be polite and professional. That's it. I don't know if I could do it, truthfully. That's crazy, man. I'm committed to being polite and professional. Okay, today. go ahead. We're All getting right. through that. Now you know where I sit. Let's get on with it. Okay. Okay, check this one out. This is just a couple minutes later. Not sure, Mike. Non-responsible. No, it's disgusting when you so, sit here. So I'm branded as now Mike. election, not my pillow guy. It's Mike. the opposite. Mike, we just got to slow it down. I know. So he's talking about how he's branded. Are you the my pillow guy or are you the election guy? I guess that's what he's arguing about. And I think Mr. Malone is his lawyer. I, I'm, I'm not really sure like what the uh, dynamic is here. But if he had a lawyer worth anything, the lawyer would have told him to shut your mouth and sit there and give them as little information as humanly possible while answering their questions in full. That's probably what the lawyer would have said. Instead, Mike comes here and throws a, a fit. You know, one time Mike Lindell told this story. You know, Mike Lindell's a crackhead at one point. Mad respect in all seriousness. I was a heroin addict. Really. It's hard. It's hard getting out of that stuff. And Mike Lindell managed to do it and talks about it and promotes, you know, recovery networks and stuff to try to help addicts get clean. Of course, his recovery networks are religious and insane, and you have to accept Jesus to be a part of it, but he's got a crazy story. Mike Lindell has a crazy story to tell. Instead of telling us the real story, a while back, he told a story at Greg Locke's church about his journey out of drug addiction, and, and it went like this. In Minneapolis, which is a pretty big city in Minnesota, Mike Lindell was a crack addict, and there were four main people that ran all of the drugs in and out of Minneapolis, all of them. And 
You know, they were basically like top, top, top level dealers, pretty much. And one day, all four of those dealers come into his house and and meet him there. He walks in and he sees him standing there, all four of the top level dealers, and they say, Mike, we think you're ruining your life with this stuff. We need you. We we want you to get better. Okay, we're not going to sell to you anymore because we think you have potential and we want you to stop smoking crack. So I we have all told our lieutenants and our, our foot soldiers, don't sell anything to Mike Lindell because you need to get your life together. Really. I, I'm not joking. That's the story he told. He's got an incredible story. Unfortunately, I don't know what it is because he never manages to tell the truth about it. The dude lies about almost everything 24-7. It's just insane to me that he would say something like that. Have you ever in your life met a drug dealer that cut somebody off because they were doing damage to their own lives? Ever. That doesn't happen, okay? Ex-heroin addict right here. That doesn't happen. In fact, the more addicted you are, the better it is for them because the more product they'll move. Tell us the real story. Why is it that you have to lie about everything? It's insane. Anyway, sorry for that deviation. Let's keep listening to Lindell loses at this deposition. Brandon Mike, is now Mike, election, not my pillow guy. It's the opposite. Mike, we just got to slow it down. I know, but it just That's, pisses me I, off. I understand. They understand. So disgusting. Yeah, I think Malone is his lawyer. You don't remember my question, do you? <laughs> I love it, dude. You don't remember my question, do you? That's funny. Oh, I love it to death. That... Okay, that question, that was designed to piss him off even more. <laughs> Remember my question, do you? Yeah, the question is, do people know you as the My Pillow guy, blah, blah, blah. I just gave my answer. No, they know me over here as this, this guy that's trying to save our country. No, I know you as a nutcase. But because of lawfare and start dirty things that Eric Coomer did on that one day. Dude, he is obsessed with Eric Coomer, okay? He's just the president or CEO or whatever of Dominion. That's it. He's just a guy, okay? And you put yourself in that seat. Once again, Mike, nobody is to blame here except for one person. You, you are to blame. Take some accountability for once in your life, Mike. My God. did On that one day, which that's when I called him out, I can't go on my stage. I can't. My company has been hurt so bad because of people like this, Eric. No, because of you. Because of you, Mike. You hurt your company. Because of people like this, Eric Goomer, so bad. This tens of millions of dollars, hundreds of millions of dollars. He just can't deal with the fact that he's to blame here, and he's looking for somebody else to point the finger at. So he pointed at Eric Coomer. He pointed at this lawyer that's on the other side, the opposing counsel in a deposition. Pointed at anybody but himself. You don't remember my question, do you? And there's a second one. I love it. <laughs> he goes off on a rant and the lawyer says, you, you don't remember my question. This is hilarious, dude. This lawyer is ruthless. Dollars. You don't remember my question, do you? Right there. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I just love it to death. Anyway, all right, keep listening here. Right there, page 36. Page 36. 
where you, where I called you lawyers just as bad as him, I called you guys criminals. You did? Yeah, using, you know, the company, my pillow to to make that statement, right? Uh, yeah, he used his platform. That's what they were establishing, basically. He used his platform as the MyPillow guy. He used MyPillow facilities to make these claims and everything. Thus, the lawsuit against MyPillow is valid. That's what they're trying to establish, I guess. After the lawsuit, Mr. Twister, after I was sued, everything in here in your little lawsuit, other than that one little paragraph, everything we I said came after he sued me. Dude, he is so mad. This dude needs to take a chill pill so bad. It's ridiculous. I've never seen somebody who need who needs to take a chill pill to this degree. You know there's this uh there's this type of chill pill. Yeah, here it is. It's called Fuckatol. Fuckatol. This is a thousand milligrams of Fuckatol. You need to take one of these, Mike. I'm telling you. Take one, chill out, and stop being so angry 24-7. Honestly, how does a dude keep up a blind rage for four hours like that? <laughs> oh, I love it to death, dude. All right, we've been going for a while, but I, I, I want to see the rest of this. So in this one, I think the lawyer is just messing with him and he asks why he called him an ambulance chaser. <laughs> if you don't know the term ambulance chaser, it's a term used a lot in the industry for a lawyer who is just looking for people to create a class action lawsuit or looking for somebody to sue, basically, because, you know, they get paid from it and blah, blah, blah ambulance chaser they'll chase the ambulance they'll talk to the person who was hurt and they'll find out who is at fault and they'll sue them uh, those people have their place in society i suppose but this isn't an ambulance chaser type of situation this is like a billion dollar lawsuit type of situation where you slandered a voting company so let me finish my question okay yes I tend to be a slow talker. He's not going to let him finish his question, is he? Good for you. I'm from Texas originally. Good for you. I got all day. We'll, we'll make a week of this. How about that? Go ahead. Probably up to your lawyer, but I'm happy to stay as long as you'd like. Just keep going. All right. Why'd you call me an ambulance chaser? What? You called him an ambulance chaser at the beginning. Oh, I love this. Why did you call me an ambulance chaser? Because you are. This is a frivolous case. And if you're representing this guy and you've read this case, you are a disgusting lawyer, period. There's my, that's my, that's my right to say. You want to. Oh my God. This is ridiculous. Yeah. It's your right to say, Mike. We're just asking a question. Okay. We want to know why you said that. Why'd you call him an ambulance chaser, Mike? Oh my God. This is ridiculous and embarrassing. The sad part is this stuff happened in private. Mike Lindell acted like this privately behind closed doors this is not a public persona this isn't like he's you know virtue signaling i'm gonna take down these evil lawyers type of deal no this is just who mike lindell is seemingly when somebody shows you who they are who they really are believe them that's my right to say you want to sue me too mr ambulance chaser are you working on contingency or consignment with the guy what do you no, i can't believe anybody would take this this is absolutely disgusting. It's a disgrace to our country. It's a disgrace to you. It's not frivolous, actually, the lawsuit uh, against Mike Lindell by Dominion. I'll tell you why in a second. 
Anything else? No, that's it. You asked me a question, I answered it. All right. So, anyways, yeah, Mike Lindell just losing his mind at this deposition. I eat this up, dude. It gives me sustenance. I love it. So funny. Do you know what ended the Fox News lawsuit? Dominion v. Fox News or whatever? The thing that, in my personal opinion, really put the last nail in the coffin and made Fox News settle for $750 million was the fact that they had internal communications. They had messages between Tucker Carlson and I don't even know the other host, Sean Hannity and, and others, right? Well, guess what they got from Mike Lindell? The FBI, to make a long story short, showed up at a Hardee's where Mike Lindell was getting breakfast and forced him to pull over and give them his cell phone on the spot right now and he said can you can i call my lawyer and i think that they said i i don't remember exactly what happened according to mike lindell but he did get a hold of his lawyer and the lawyer said give him the phone these are real fbi agents you can't hold your phone from them and then doug frank's phone was taken by the fbi just like a day or two later so all of this stuff is all public. Like, we have this stuff. Well, it's not public, but it's in the state's possession. So all they have to do is subpoena the FBI to hand over documents that they got off of Mike Lindell's phone because they're entitled to that information. I suspect that's probably how it works. Now, I don't know for sure. Again, take this with a grain of salt, all of it. Don't believe anything I say without looking it up directly yourself. This happened uh, mid-September 2022. Jeez, everything seems to happen in September. That's really weird, right? Spring or something when they did all this, uh, when Tina uh, did her job and did the, the backup of the computer. And st He's talking about Tina Peters. She was a county clerk, I believe. Her responsibility was to back up the voting systems and the voting data and, you know, and that's it. But instead of just leaving, I'm sorry, but instead of just leaving it at that, she took the backup and gave it to Mike Lindell. Oops. Anyway, keep listening here. So Tina Peters did her job and backed it up. Yeah. And then she gave it to you, Mike. You know this. And did the, the backup of the computer and stuff. You follow me? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what they're trying. And I go, uh, you guys, I didn't know any of those people then. Then he goes, well, how about Dr. Doug Frank? And I go, Okay, uh, you mean that? You mean the physicist from Ohio? I said, yeah. I said I met him in uh, Brandon House's house, his studio, and uh, when we f went to film, <laughs> you guys got to bring my name up, right? Oopsie Daisy, Michael Lindell brought someone's name up he wasn't supposed to. I believe this is why Trump doesn't talk to him anymore because he's a liability. Any pressure, and this guy cracks. But I'll tell you one thing: Mike Lindell desperately needs. A dose of fuckatol. A thousand milligrams. Hell, you know what? Give him two. Two thousand milligrams. I'm prescribing you, Mike. Two thousand milligrams of fuckatol. Seriously, this is too much, man. Keeping up a blind rage that long is impressive, but disturbing at the same time. Let me know what you think in the comments. Joni Cummings, Mike needs meds, I swear, and he needs to learn to be quiet. Yeah, absolutely. Well, the scary thing is... What Mike Lindell does and believes in all of that is indistinguishable from mental illness, right? But medicine will not fix brainwashing. 
This is the result of brainwashing, not mental illness. It, it can't be fixed by giving them a medicine, which makes it that much scarier, honestly, in my opinion. Next, we're going to talk about charlatan prophet of God, Charlie Shamp, and the fact that he says Trump will absolutely be in the White House for two terms on Biden's inauguration day. That's right. That's when he said it. Do these people hear themselves speak? We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. I'll even go as far as to say this. President Trump will have a second term. He will be in the White House for two terms. He That's will good. be in the White House for two terms. This is supposed prophet of God, Charlie Shemp. I'm sorry, Charlie Shamp. Charlie Shamp, what a name, right? Charlie Shamp prophesying from God a message from the Almighty on Inauguration Day 2021, when Biden was inaugurated, prophesying that Trump will get two terms. Listen to this. It's ridiculous. I'll explain the theology behind it in a second, too. Do you then, based on these, absolutely believe that President Trump is still intended to be reelected by God? Because Biden just got inaugurated, got sworn in. <laughs> If we pray, if we pray, he says, yeah, prayer is going to solve it. Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Solve it by praying. 100%. Without a shadow of a doubt. I'll even go as far as to say this. President Trump will have a second term. He will be in the White House for two terms. He That's will good. be in the White House for two terms. This is just painful, dude. When are you going to get the message? Biden is inaugurated as president and he's been acting as president for like the past four years at this point. OK, Biden fulfilled his term. When are you going to get the message? You were full of from the beginning and you're full of now. And the apple bag on this dude to come out here on inauguration day and claim that he was going to get two terms. Really? Well, let me explain the basis for that belief that he's going to get two terms. It's from a prophecy by Kim Clement, uh, you know, prophecy, quote unquote. They call it a prophecy when in reality it wasn't. I'm going to let you listen to it in a second. But there's a real prophetic movement behind Donald Trump right now. There are real pastors who really do believe Trump to be the Messiah. And I want to explain at least partially why they believe that okay there are a couple of prophets there are two main prophets that people use i mean i'm using the word prophet loosely here obviously two main prophets that they use as the basis for the claim that trump was going to get his second term he's going to win re-election be in office for two terms and then spark armageddon as the son of man basically Take over Jesus role. That, that's their claim. Seriously. Listen to Kim Clement do his whole prophecy thing about Donald Trump, allegedly. On April 4th, 2007, this is what he said around the time, by the way, that Donald Trump was talking about running for president. He'd already expressed an interest in it up to now. But 
listen to this. This is one of the two prophets that they base their whole theology on. Trump shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. I don't know what Trump will become a trumpet means. Does that mean he's going to be a loudmouth idiot? I think he had accomplished that by that point already. Trump shall become a trumpet. I will raise up the Trump to become a trumpet and Bill Gates to open up the gate of a financial realm for the church. Well, isn't that interesting? Huh. How about that? So here are the prophecies that Kim Clement gave to us. Again, the basis for the claim that Donald Trump is the, you know, the chosen one that's supposed to lead us into Armageddon and fight the war against whatever. Here's one of the prophecies. Trump will become a trumpet. I don't know what that means. And Bill Gates will open up the gate of a financial realm for the church. Okay, well. I don't know what Trump becoming a trumpet even looks like, but Bill Gates opening the financial realm for the church, that absolutely did not happen. I don't even know what that means. Keep listening here because, you know, there are more. This one was in Redding, California, April 4th, and this one was February 10th, 2007. So these were like, this one came first, this next one we're about to listen to, by only a couple of months. God says, I will put at your helm for two terms a president that will pray but he will not be a praying president when he starts now that's an important one there i will put at your helm for two terms a president that will pray blah 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 for two terms so for these prophecies to be correct kim clement needs to have donald trump get reelected. what's interesting to me is that he had a blatantly obviously false prophecy here Bill Gates opens up the gate of a financial realm for the church. That never happened. That makes him a false prophet. You know what Deuteronomy says about false prophets? Deuteronomy 18.23. This one's important to ex-Jehovah's Witnesses because it frees us from the expectation to listen to the governing body of Jehovah's Witnesses who believe they have some special role in God's plan where they talk to God directly. They are prophets. Deuteronomy 18 describes, you know, the role of a prophet and how somebody becomes a prophet, blah, blah, blah. And then verse 20 to 23 roughly says, A prophet who presumes to speak in my name anything I have not commanded, or a prophet who speaks in the name of other gods, is to be put to death. Kim Clement already died, like 2015, but I, not that I stand for the death penalty. I don't. I don't believe in that. And then verse 21, you may say to yourselves, how can we know when a message has not been spoken by the Lord? How can we tell false prophets from real ones? The answer, if what a prophet proclaims in the name of God does not take place or come true, it's a message the Lord has not spoken. The prophet spoke presumptuously, so don't be alarmed. And just a few verses above also put him to death for that. This looks like a false prophecy to me. Just putting it out there. Bill Gates never opened up the financial... Blah, 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 blah. Didn't open up the financial anything for anybody. And Donald Trump becoming a trumpet. I don't know what that means. Also, in this February 10th, 2007 one, Scottsdale, Arizona, he says, 
I will put at your helm for two terms a president that will pray, but he will not be praying president when he starts. He didn't name Donald Trump in that. That's just some random thing. See, this is how it's done. Usually, they'll pick something really ambiguous that could apply to a large number of people, and they'll claim that they were right all along. This guy right here, this little kid, four years old, was when he became an ordained minister. The youngest ordained minister ever, to our knowledge. Marjo Gortner. And he explained exactly how this little charlatan's trick that Kim Clement pulled is done. Listen to what he says here. By the way, he's an ex-televangelist type of guy who knows all the tricks. We get all the money from all the people, you know. Like he went to a joke store one time, Marjo did, the guy on screen here, and he got some invisible ink that shows up when you sweat. And he drew a cross on his forehead. So when he was giving his service and he starts sweating and everything, a cross appears on his forehead. And everybody looks up and they point and like, oh, oh, my God, a, for a cross showing up on his forehead. He must be special. It's all a scam. Listen to him explain what Kim Clement is doing here. I mean, he's not talking about Kim Clement, but it'll be obvious in a second. There's one guy that gets into it so heavy that he's into, he prophesies. And he told me how he did it. He sat right, I mean, he looked right across the table, back and forth at me, and, and he told me how, you know, how he confiscates money. He says he's on, this station is over 40 states, and uh, he'll go on there and he'll be, get on the radio and he'll say, I know that listening to my little voice tonight, that there's some lady out there and you've got $10 put away in a cookie jar. Now, God spoke to my heart and told me to go and tell you to get that $10 and get it in the mail and send it to me. And God will bless you. God will give you a reward such as you have never known before. Now, how many little old ladies keep money in a cookie jar? And certainly back then, that was a popular place to keep money, right? Cookie jars or piggy banks or whatever. Of course, there's going to be a little old lady out there with a $10 bill in a cookie jar. Obviously, that's the stochastic effect that these preachers use to their advantage. Then he comes back to me and he tells me, he says, if you're on the radio and you're going over 40 states and you're on at prime time, you've got thousands of people listening, the chances are that there are at least two or 300 little old ladies who've got a $10 bill in a cookie jar. And so if you even get, you know, if a couple hundred go over and get it and send it to you, that's two grand that you've made just like that. So that's Marjo Gortner. He came out and worked for our side. He's a fantastic dude. I don't even know where he is now, but uh, really, really interesting breakdown. That's what Kim Clement did, effectively. Kim Clement made some vague claims that may or may not be verifiable, like saying, I will put at your helm for two terms, a president that will pray, but he will not be praying president when he starts. Most presidents get two terms. Almost all. The only two that have not received two terms, to my knowledge, are Donald Trump and Jimmy Carter. There's another president who became president and then ran for re-election, lost, and then ran again and won. So there's a little gap in there. I don't remember who it was exactly. There have been some weird little funny things with it. But by and large, this is a pretty solid prediction. It's pretty predictable that this is going to happen, right? A Republican, which, by the way, of course, Kim Clement stands behind, is going to get two terms. Wow. Quite the prophecy, huh? For two terms, 
a president that will pray, but he will not be a praying president when he starts. I will put him in office and then I will baptize him with the Holy Spirit and my power, says the Lord of hosts. So that's the basis for the belief that Donald Trump is somebody special. This claim that Trump will be a trumpet and that he'll put in a president for two terms that'll pray, but he won't be praying in office, whatever. That's the basis for all of this. Now, that's profit number one, okay? That's where a lot of this, this Trump is the Messiah stuff comes from, Kim Clement. And then there's profit number two. This guy on the left here, if you're watching, his name is Mark Taylor. He's known as the firefighter prophet. Liberty University did a whole video, a, a movie about him. Their film division did a movie about the firefighter prophet and how he prophesied that Trump would be president. He supposedly was laying in his chair one day and then he, he was asleep and he woke up and Jesus was in front of him, I think. I don't remember the story exactly. And Jesus said, or somebody said, the Holy Spirit maybe, I don't know. They said, I'm going to put Trump in as president to do my will, blah, blah, blah. And then this guy went on social media and basically just said, Trump is going to run for president and he's going to win. That's it. That's all he said. That's what made him a prophet. That's what gave him. That's what gave everybody the proof that he was real, claiming that Trump is going to win the presidency. I didn't know it was that easy, but OK. Listen to Mark Taylor. If you never heard this dude before, you are in for a wild ride. Just a little bit of context, at this time, late June 2022, there was a formula shortage happening, um, baby formula. We needed to import baby formula from like Canada and European countries and stuff because formula was selling off the shelves. I don't remember. Supply chain collapse, something, something. It was resolved eventually. But listen to what the firefighter prophet Mark Taylor says here about the formula shortage. Late June 2022. When politicians go to Washington, D.C., the District of Columbia, this is why they lose all wisdom. Columbia is another name for bail, the District of Bail. They are working for and under the protection of the District of Bail, whose food source is the aborted babies. Do you think it's a coincidence that they are creating a food shortage for us? Who is they, Mark? Are they in the room with us right now? He says that babies are a food source for left-wingers i guess people on the left we eat them like they're popcorn just pop 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 apparently and we're upset that they stopped abortion they being the republicans stopped abortion from happening in the united states so we are causing a formula shortage for them what this is bizarre on so many levels did they know ahead of time that we were going after Roe versus Wade? They are going after our food sources because we are going after theirs. Beautiful. Which wow. is the babies. The babies. Do you think it's also tied into this baby formula shortage? Because okay. it's so ironic yep. that we're talking about what you just said. Food source. And, and, and food, the food source yep. of the babies is now being cut off. There, it's almost mm. like the devil is trying to starve the, the babies that are living to death because the aborted issue is about to be cut off very soon. That is psychotic, for real. What is wrong with these two people? Again, one of the proofs 
that Donald Trump is the Messiah. Dude on the left. Mark Taylor. Check this one out. Here's another one. This one made him popular. Oh, boy. This one came out the day after or the day of the election. It was November 4th, 2020. I don't remember which. Listen to this one from Mark Taylor. Why do you think Trump calls these guys names all the time? Because you're not dealing with humans most of the time. You're, you're dealing with entities. You're dealing with beings. Some of them aren't human, but you're... I guess he's... He, so when he makes fun of crooked Hillary or crooked Joe Biden, he's using those nicknames because he knows that they're demons in human skin, I guess. Dealing with beings. Right. You know, they have a body, you know what I mean? And it's like, this is why he has no problems doing that. You, you know what I mean? You had a list of pastors out there that was made headlines that was supporting Biden. They were pro-life pastors. We disagree on the pro-life or the pro-choice thing, but we're supporting Biden. Are you kidding me? Let me tell you something. Every Christian, every pastor out there that voted for Joe Biden last night, you have bought a... Yeah, I guess it was. It was the very next day. And it was, we were unsure of who was going to win. It was just like we didn't know. Trump had already declared victory, but we just didn't know. Votes were still being counted. Biden... Last night, you have bought a curse upon yourself and your family, your children, and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation, and you need to repent. I don't care if you are pro-life. You cannot call yourself a Christian and call yourself a, a Republican or, or vote for Biden. You know what I mean? Or call yourself a Democrat, I mean, or whatever it is. You call yourself a Democrat and a Christian, it doesn't matter. If you voted for the dark side, that's what you did. You are The dark side, of course, being the side that he's not on. Implementing the dark agenda, Satan's agenda, the kingdom of darkness. You are not supporting the kingdom of God. And if you cannot see that, you have. if you do not repent, judgment will fall upon you, I believe, and your family and your children's children down to the third and fourth generation. This dude is used as proof that Trump is the Messiah. Insane. I, I Didn't God do away with generational atonement or whatever it is where you know your son and your son's son your grandchildren your great-grandchildren are paying for your crimes i thought god did away with all of that stuff anyway the point that i'm getting to so laboriously i wanted to give you an idea of who the thought leaders are in the movement that claims that trump is the messiah right mark taylor and Kim Clement. Mark Taylor's still around. He's making these bizarre claims. Kim Clement died. I, I think he lived long enough to see Donald Trump win the election in 2016. But uh, that's, you know, yeah, he just, that was it. By the end of that, he was done, sadly. I mean, I don't want anybody to die, but whew, Kim Clement is a wild one. Anyway, listen to this one. Late February 2021, we're back to our old guy, Charlie Champ. Dude, we started the video with. He's a supposed prophet of God, and he's making his rounds on the prophet's circuit right now. He's been on Jim Baker's show. He's been on the Elijah list. He's been all over the place. And by the way, so that, just a little context for the time. Late February 2021, Biden was inaugurated January 20th, 2021. So this is like a month, maybe a month and a half after Biden was inaugurated. The guy stuck his foot in his mouth, and here we are. Now he has to explain himself. He claimed Trump was going to receive two terms because Kim Clement claimed it, and so did Mark Taylor, and they were both wrong. There's no denying, and you'll never convince me 
that the election was not stolen. It's just, I, I just will wait for history to tell the story. You know, history always vindicates the prophetic. Are we living in the same reality? History vindicates the prophetic? What? History never vindicates the quote-unquote prophetic from this guy and from all of these other so-called prophets, Mark Taylor and, uh, I don't know, Erskine and all of the others, Johnny Enlow and whoever else, Kat Kerr. They're never vindicated by history. What are you talking about? And also, this is years ago now. Has history vindicated this guy that Trump won the election? Of course not. Trump lost, plain and simple. There's no other way to frame it. He lost, and he couldn't deal with the fact that he lost, so he caused a coup against the U.S. government to try to stay in power. That's what happened to Trump. Here's another one. Early February 2023. This one is a little bit more recent. He goes on Jim Baker's show. Charlie Shamp does. Remember now, he believes that Trump deserves two terms. That He prophesied he'd get two terms, right? He said, God told me. Donald Trump will receive two terms. Now what's he saying? We need to watch Ron DeSantis. Mm -hmm. uh, oopsie daisy. Now he's endorsing a different candidate. How about that? He said Trump was the God Emperor who's supposed to spark Armageddon. And now he's talking about DeSantis in February 2023. So this is like forever ago before DeSantis's numbers cratered before Trump was very obviously going to be the nominee for the Republican Party. He was trying to back out of his Trumpist belief system and back into his Republicanism, his Republican belief. We need to watch Ron DeSantis mm -hmm. because the Lord is going to use him in a powerful way. Mm -hmm. I had had several years ago a vision that I went into. Where oh, I remember, yes. You, that vision you went into said Donald Trump was going to receive two terms, right? Okay, sure. Didn't say consecutive terms. I suppose they could be broken up. But the fact that he is endorsing Ron DeSantis or talking about him to any degree should tell you something about this guy. He's ready to sell his own mother out for a dollar. He doesn't care. All he cares about, he has no principle. All he cares about is money and what he can get out of the political beliefs that he spreads. That's it, seems to me. A vision that I went into where I saw two palm trees. Tell me about these palm trees, uh, Charlie. And I'm sorry, Prophet Charlie Champ. I apologize, I want to give him the appropriate title here. Prophet Charlie, go ahead, tell me about these palm trees. I saw one of them was planted in California, the other one in Florida. And I said, Lord, who are, who, what is this, these two palm trees? He it's kind of interesting. He said, who are these palm trees? As though he was setting us up for the idea that they're actually people. But okay, whatever. Not going to nitpick. Who, what is this, these two palm trees? He said, this palm tree from California is Ronald Reagan. This palm tree that is in Florida is Ron DeSantis. He said, Ron DeSantis or Ronald DeSantis. Ronald Reagan, Ronald DeSantis, okay. Mm -hmm. Is the second 
has an anointing similar to Ronald Reagan. And I saw... Oopsie daisies. Dude just picked a whole bouquet of them. Gotta love it. I love it when they pick those oopsie daisies. That's just so ridiculous, dude. Honestly. Just, it feels like five minutes ago, he's talking about how much he loved Trump and how he's got an anointing. And now he's going to bring about Armageddon because he's the Messiah. And now he's telling us DeSantis is actually the guy with the anointing. I wonder if he's flip-flopped back to Trump now. Ronald Reagan, and I saw uh, Ron DeSantis as a, as a tree of righteousness, that palm tree. And I saw it uprooted from Florida and brought to Washington, D.C., Totally. I bet. I bet you saw this vision. Absolutely. Believe you without question. God's given you visions. Sure. And planted in Washington, D.C. And as the storms came, he was not moved. That's right. There's so as the storms came, I guess Ron DeSantis wasn't moved. This is just painfully ridiculous, right? Is it just me? How does anybody believe these people? That's right. There's there's something about Ron DeSantis that we need to begin to pray for. We need yes. to begin to look at because his ultimate future is to have a position in the United States as the president and be planted in Washington, D.C. And he would be like a Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Wow. He gave up on Trump so quickly. It was like nearly instantaneous. Bizarre. I wonder if this this bouquet of flowers here are the oopsie daisies that he picked right outside the studio. Do you think he picked these oopsie daisies outside the studio? They've got a ton of them there. I know that much. And also, what's with this guy's beard? I'm not trying to, like, insult the guy. It's just odd, right? There's something not quite right about it. Like, I don't know. Like, it's drawn on with marker or something. I can't really tell what it is. It's like his hair goes right up to his lip. I'm not sure what's going on with that, but it freaks me out a little. I'm sorry. And it's, you know what else? It's perfectly, exactly smooth from his sideburns down to his mustache. There's like a perfect smooth line. Just really strange, man. So once again, this guy is a sellout. Everybody else on this show, in my opinion, is a sellout, especially Jim Baker. Look, he's got one of his bonus buckets on the table in front of him. In front of the, uh, behind the oopsie daisies. Just ridiculous, man. Tell me what you think about it in the comments. It's just embarrassing. I'm getting a little bit of feedback on, from the audience on his beard here. And I understand that this is done intentionally. It's kind of a style thing, I guess. It's done a lot with eyebrows rather than beards, but he chose to do it with the beard bizarrely. There's the other side. I was looking for the other side just odd man i don't know and, and i feel like it shouldn't go that far up his lip there's something not right when your hair grows that close to your lip that's just odd right maybe he's one of those guys that has like hair from head to toe it's like a rare genetic condition i forget what it's called only like 50 people in the world have it now what's that called it's called hypertrichosis here you go. This is an example of hypertrichosis, extremely rare condition. Again, it's a genetic condition, and only 50 people in the world have it or somewhere in that vicinity. I'm wondering if this guy has it and he just keeps it perfectly groomed exactly where it should be. 
I don't know. Let me know what you think. Just bizarre, dude. Bizarre. Next, we're going to talk about Trump pastor Shane Vaughn claiming somebody left his church because he mentioned Trump from the pulpit. He's a Trump pastor. I don't know who would show up in the first place if they were looking for a secular service. We'll be right back. Don't forget to check out my Patreon and check out my website and email list for early access to uncensored, ad-free, complete videos. All links are in the description. Donald Trump carries the prophetic seal of the calling of God. He is Joseph. If you are anointed by Yahweh for a specific plan and purpose, you are a Messiah. Got to give his audience a second to think that one over. Yeshua was the Messiah of mankind. Yeshua is Jesus' real name because Jays didn't exist at the time. Jesus was the Messiah of mankind. But Donald Trump is the Messiah of America. That's putting Donald Trump on the same level as Jesus. This is a Trump pastor named Shane Vaughn, if you've never heard of him. He believes that Donald Trump is a messiah and he preaches about it regularly at his church absolutely psychotic so what was this dude doing on september 11th 2023 you know the day that we lost so many people in the twin towers attack what was he doing i wonder i had a man literally leave my church this week because i mentioned donald trump in the i bet yeah totally that makes sense You've literally built your whole theology around Donald Trump being the Messiah. And you mentioned Donald Trump's name from the pulpit. And that was just too much for your parishioners. What? This dude got famous off of his effectively Trump religion. He got famous from that. Why would somebody from his church leave when he said Trump's name? I, it, it, the stories aren't even believable anymore, honestly. Like, he's, he's just pretending, and it's blatantly obvious to everybody. Trump in the pulpit, mixing religion and politics. Let me tell you something. I hope I lose everybody if that's what they leave for, because God called me to stand up for America, to stand up for Donald Trump, and it'll be a cold day in the gates of hell before I ever shut up. Everybody can leave. Jesus Christ, dude. Well, he's just virtue signaling here. He believes that it's a virtue to worship Donald Trump as the Messiah. And he's signaling to his base, his supporters, his churchgoers, that he loves Donald Trump more than anybody else. And he's going to be the best at loving Trump and blah, 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 whatever. Just embarrassing and sad, dude. And this guy doesn't appear to be ashamed at all. I know my calling. I know the moment I'm living in. Apparently not. The problem with preachers, they're scared to death to mix politics with religion. You cannot separate politics from religion. Well... People managed to up until your came along and did some crazy shit. Everything was fine and dandy until Donald Trump came along and realized, wait a minute, there's a cult here and I can exploit it. There was a documentary back in 2006 called Jesus Camp. I don't know if you guys have ever seen it before, 
fantastic documentary. It just presented the information basically without commentary, aside from just context explaining that this camp is that and blah, blah, blah. Just watch what they did with this cardboard cutout of George Bush in 06. Okay, we're going to welcome Mr. President now. Well, talk to him. What is what is it with people and cardboard cutouts of other people? I don't understand why that's so popular. I've never owned a cardboard cutout of anybody in my life. You know what? Maybe I should maybe I should own more cardboard cutouts. Maybe that's what my life is missing. Maybe that's the problem. I need more cardboard cutouts. Say welcome, welcome President Bush. We're glad you're here. I want you to bless him. Speak a blessing to him. Would you do that? Reach your hand to speak a blessing to him. Do some warfare over him. Speaking in tongues. So it's like a Pentecostal version of religion. They probably call themselves non-denominational because this specific group of political cult members believe themselves to be non-denominational. But this cult existed a long time before Donald Trump did, before he took the reins of power. Before Trump came along, Fox News was in the process of building this cult out. He has surrounded himself with spirit-filled people. So pray in the spirit over him. Here he is. Come to visit us. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, Mr. President, Mr. President, one nation under God. Isn't this like idol worship? Isn't that what's happening right now? They're not worshiping a person. They are apparently seemingly worshiping a representation of that person. So the point is that the cult existed long before Donald Trump came along. He just grabbed the reins of control and used it for his own ends. For the record, I have like six videos of people on the right using cardboard cutouts of Mike Lindell and Donald Trump and George Bush and everything else. I'm not going to bother showing every one of them, but suffice to say, there are a lot of them. A weird number of cardboard cutouts on the right, okay? Ticks from religion. They are one and the same. The point is, Shane Vaughn believes, apparently, that you can't separate politics from religion. They are one in the same. But until this little political cult that started out worshiping George Bush uh, Jr., well, really started out worshiping Reagan, but it got bad under George Bush Jr. And then uh, under Donald Trump, he's basically calling out to the fact that this cult exists and it has existed for a long time. And he's a member of it now. It makes up about... 30-40% of the Republican Party, in my estimation. I could be wrong. I'm just throwing a number out there based on some educated information. An educated guess, you call it. But I think it's about 30-40% of the Republican Party are members of the full-blown Trump cult. The people that Shane Vaughn believes are here to save the country and protect his dear leader and all this other stuff. Insane. 
Now, as it turns out, surprise, surprise, Shane Vaughn is a fan of Tucker Carlson. Who could have guessed? Well, Tucker Carlson came out with a conspiracy theory recently that Donald Trump is going to be assassinated. And Shane Vaughn, believing that Trump is his messiah, did not take too kindly to that. Give this a listen. Early September 2023. I'll tell you another plan that's not going to work. And I love Tucker Carlson. Y'all know I love Tucker. Um, and I don't mean to disagree with Tucker. Boy, he's really hedging. He likes Tucker, doesn't he? No one is going to assassinate Donald John Trump. To do it, they have to go through his bodyguards. And I'm not... Wouldn't it be like funny in a an ironic way like I, I i don't wish death on anybody i don't wish death on trump even i don't wish death on a single person on planet earth because that's not who i am but it would be so funny to see this guy completely wrong. like i really want to see this guy's theology wrecked just destroyed in some way now it doesn't have to be donald trump dying i'm not a fan of that at all but I really want to see it destroyed somehow, and I want to see how he reacts to it. He'll come up with some excuse, certainly. John Trump. To do it, they have to go through his bodyguards. And I'm not talking about the Secret Service. I'm talking about the super secret service. Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, every one of the angels that have been assigned to protect God's man. Are those the only names he could think of? Raphael, Donatello, Michelangelo, Leonardo, whatever. <laughs> Just ridiculous. Is Raphael even listed as an angel in the Bible? Or or did he just like start naming Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? <laughs> Bible Angel Raphael. Raphael is one of the archangels, apparently. I didn't know that. Wow, okay. That's news to me. Well, apparently he only knows those archangels. What were they? Um, Donatello, Michelangelo, Raphael, and Leonardo. Were those the uh, <laughs> were those the archangels that that protect Donald Trump? I think I've seen a um, an artist's depiction of those archangels defending people. One of them uses nunchucks, right? The other uses a sword. The other uses size. Really hard to remember. It's been so long since I've seen this artist rendition. Go on. Oh, that was the end. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, here's the reasoning why he believes that Donald Trump is God's man, that he's the Messiah. Because a guy named Kim Clement back in 2007 prophesied that Trump shall become a trumpet. Quote, unquote. It says it right here on screen. Trump! shall become a trumpet, says the Lord. Trump shall become a trumpet. And it says, Bill Gates will open up the gate of a financial realm for the church. Of course, I don't know what Trump will become a trumpet means. I don't know what Bill Gates opening a financial realm for the church looks like. It was all fake all along, all of it, right? Oh, yeah, and also he says that this president... The next president, God's president, is going to have two terms. Well, picking those oopsie daisies once again. Donald Trump only got one term. So, yeah, doesn't matter. You know what matters? That Shane Vaughn believes that Trump is the Messiah. 
doesn't matter how wrong these prophets are, supposed prophets, doesn't matter how wrong they are, doesn't matter if his whole theology comes crashing down, he believes Trump is the Messiah and he's going to stick to it no matter what. Listen to this. This is a little bit older. Early May 2021. I believe Trump was banned from Facebook. It was shortly after January 6th, a few months. And Shane Vaughn believed Trump to be the Messiah at the time. So he's doing everything he could to kind of amplify Trump's voice at the time. Listen to this. Oh, and I apologize. Shane Vaughn is in the corner. Not much I could do to fix that. He just he kept himself in the corner. We need 100,000 patriots to become reporters for Donald Trump. Get his words out there since they wanted to be so smart that they wound up being stupid. Cause they I don't know who they is, but okay, go on. Wound up being stupid because they made the same mistake that Satan made when he killed Jesus Christ. Satan did not kill Jesus. Jesus died willingly and of his own volition to atone for mankind's sins in the lore. Satan had nothing to do with his death. I mean, this just shows that this guy knows nothing about anything, right? He's not a prophet. He's not some special messiah or any of that other stuff. Shane Vaughn is just a dude that's full of sh And for the record, before he ran this grift, this Trump grift, he ran another grift as a life insurance salesman. He was selling life insurance to people. He'd get their social security numbers because, you know, you need to. You have to get their social security numbers. He would take out a life insurance policy on them and name himself as a beneficiary. And when they died, he would get all the money, mostly from older people. I think he made $100,000 that way. I'm not really sure. But he spent four years in prison for it. When he got out, he started running this Trump grift. He's not even good at it. Satan did not kill Jesus. Because they made the same mistake that Satan made when he killed Jesus Christ. By killing that one man and killing his voice, he created a world full of little Christians that echo the message of Christ. See? Stupid on the devil's part. The Bible says, had Satan known what was going to happen, he would never have crucified Jesus Christ. No, it doesn't, because Satan didn't kill Jesus. He didn't crucify Jesus. This is completely made up. Where the hell are you getting this? Give me a verse, something, anything. What he did was he started a harvest of Christians that echo the message. He only had one man to deal with. Now he's got a whole population full of us. Same thing they're doing with Trump. Let him Isn't that an interesting uh, comparison? He just compared Jesus to Donald Trump and vice versa. How about that? How about that for a comparison? Crucifying, but we're now the echo, and we're going to put it on every page, every Twitter account, everything we got. Now, because the oversight board didn't rule that we couldn't share Trump content, it's allowed on Facebook, for now anyway. So take advantage of it while we can. I'm... So it sounds like he's comparing Trump to Jesus in pretty clear terms, right? He views Trump as the new Jesus. I don't know how to make this any clearer. I'm ordaining all of you right now as evangelists of the Trump revival. Oh, 
That's how you make it clearer. Okay. Well, geez, I didn't think it could be any clearer than that, but I guess it can. That's crazy. That is absolutely insane. This is mid-January 2023. Listen to him go off about his God Emperor. You are the 12 disciples. I.e. you, the people watching uh, Shane Vaughn. Like, Shane Vaughn's church are the 12 disciples to Donald Trump. Disciples that God has called to stand behind Donald Trump. And if Satan can get you tired, Donald Trump loses. Well, look, here's the thing. I don't know if Satan is attempting to make Donald Trump tired, but I will tell you this. I know for a fact that I made your mom tired last night. All right, sorry. I just needed a little lead up to that joke. Okay, let's keep listening. Loses. Because he cannot do this without you, and they know that. So that's why every day, Drama. Drama. And then here's what cowards say. I'm tired of all the drama. It's not drama. It's spiritual warfare. Well, look, you're you just called it drama, okay? I didn't call it drama. You did. You you if you don't want it to be called drama, then call it spiritual warfare. Jesus, dude, this is crazy. It's spiritual warfare. Learn the difference. Carnal-minded people think it's drama when the enemy is attacking and you are defending your territory like Donald Trump is. That's not drama. That is spiritual warfare for the nation of America. It's not pretty. It's not fun. It's not clean. But somebody's got to do it. Call me somebody. Jesus Christ on a cracker. This guy seriously needs help like this is entirely too far this guy is down a rabbit hole right now from which he may never emerge how much you want to bet this guy would give his life for donald trump i mean he sees a shooter standing there pointing their gun at donald trump and he runs over and stands in front of the gun as he pulls the trigger saving trump and dying for him how much you want to bet he would do something like that. That's how much he loves Donald Trump. I'm telling you guys, there's a cult behind this. The cult's been forming for a long time. It's not unique to Trump. It existed under George Bush too, but Trump had the mental acumen to recognize it for what it was and grab hold of it and keep it. That is psychotic. Wow, just like dead silence from this dude, okay. Somebody's got to do it. Roar 24. Roar 24, what does that mean? Roar 24. I have made up my mind. I'm more determined now than I've ever been to stand behind this president. I'm more determined now to stand behind the anointing. I don't agree with everything the man does, but I do agree with everything that God does. And God appointed Trump as the Messiah. Thus, anything that Trump does is excusable. Trump is the second coming of Jesus. He's the son of man. He's going to take political control over new Israel, as he calls America. And he's going to spark Armageddon into being. That's what he believes, really. 
This is insane. Does. And if God's okay with the man, I'm ready to join hands with every one of you and sing like the old black churches used to sing. I'm not tired yet. Wow, dude. How, like the old black churches sing. Why did he pick out old black churches? Why didn't he pick out old white churches? Why didn't he pick out current white churches? Don't white churches sing? Don't all churches sing? Kind of a weird thing to like zero in on, isn't it? Is it just me? I'm not tired yet, he says. Does. And if God's okay with the man, I'm ready to join hands with every one of you. Well, how does he know God's even okay with the man? Like, doesn't uh, God have like a master plan? Right? Isn't there a master plan at play? Isn't there like an overarching thing that God is trying to make happen or whatever? Isn't that something he believes? Do you think that maybe God's master plan is at play? And that's why Trump was removed. Do you think it's possible that God wanted Biden in office rather than Donald Trump? Is that a possibility? A man of religious virtue, Biden being the, the good Catholic that he is, versus the pussy grabber. I mean, just, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry. Versus him. How do you arrive at a conclusion that Trump is... God's chosen man, and Biden isn't. That makes no sense to me whatsoever. None. Okay, now that brings us to early August 2023. Shane Vaughn has some legal arguments he wants to lay down for us so that Donald Trump can get himself out of the trouble that he's in right now. Check this one out. So by the time these appeals are filed, Donald Trump... Talking about his indictments. I, Trump is up to like what? Four, five, six, seven indictments. I have no idea at this point. He's up to a ton of indictments right now. Federal and state. Uh, the state of Georgia, the state of New York. I mean, I don't even know where else. Donald Trump will be reelected president. Now, you already know that the Department of Justice has a longstanding policy. What is that policy? The Department of Justice doesn't have this policy. But okay, let's let him get it out. You do not um, prosecute a sitting president. Interesting choice, picking that word prosecute. There is a single memorandum passed around the Office of Legal Counsel that said, in their opinion, the president can't be indicted for a crime because there's a remedy for that, and that's impeachment. If he's impeached from office, he can be indicted after that for what he did while in office. Has nothing to do with prosecution. That's a relevant distinction because in this case, we have Donald Trump doing something wrong, illegal, and being indicted and charged and all that other stuff. And Shane Vaughn just flipped the word there. No, now it's not... You can't indict a sitting president, which, again, is just from a memo that was written by the Office of Legal Counsel, whatever. Not a law, just a tradition. He flipped it from you can't indict a president to you can't prosecute a president. Nice little bait and switch there. Guess what Donald Trump will be at that time? A That's what he'll be. Sorry. It's what Donald Trump will be at that time. A sitting president. 
People are asking, who is Professor Toto? This is Professor Toto. That's the name of his channel. Like, I'm Telltale, but my name is Owen Morgan. This is Shane Vaughn, but his channel is Professor Toto. The idea is he's like the dog from The Wizard of Oz, who, when all of the people showed up there, the dog pulled the curtain back and showed the wizard was pulling all the levers to scare people or whatever. Well, he's pulling the curtain back and showing the face of the deep state or whatever other nonsense. That's that's the idea. He's on, like, Telegram and Rumble and, you know, all of the other weird right-wing places. Anyway. At that time, a sitting president, at which time all prosecution must cease. No, 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 it must not. That's not what the law says. Traditionally, a sitting president isn't indicted has nothing to do with being prosecuted while being a sitting president. I hope to God that Trump is not elected president while in jail. That would be a nightmare. Seriously. That would cause what I believe might be a constitutional crisis. That'd be really bad. Or at least be put on hold. He will serve his second term as the prophet of God said he would. Prophet of God being Kim Clement. I talked about that earlier. And then his protege will be the next president. Wait, who's his protege? There's a protege in this mix? Who will completely pardon him of all charges. Okay, so that's Shane Vaughn's plan for Donald Trump to get out of all the trouble he's in right now. I don't know who the protege is, but apparently it's a male because he said... He will blah, 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 pardon him, pardon him of charges or whatever. All the protégés that I've seen Trump vetting for VP have been like Marjorie Taylor Greene or Carrie Lake or whatever. They've all been women. So who exactly is Trump grooming to be his uh, vice president, I wonder? Or who does Shane Vaughn believe that he's grooming to be his VP? This is just psychotic, man. This dude needs help, seriously. Absolutely crazy. Sadly, he didn't receive the help he needed desperately in prison during his four-year stay. But what can you do? Hey, maybe help would work now if we tried. It didn't work in his four years in prison. Maybe it would work now. Let me know what you think in the comments. That's all I've got for you. If you like what I do and you want to see me continue to do it, don't forget to check me out on Patreon. And take a look at my YouTube channels. Owen Morgan, where I talk about religious issues. Telltale Fireside Chat, where I talk about politics. Telltale Unfiltered, where I do long-form breakdowns of stuff like this. And Telltale Reads, where I read books by televangelists and others. I release everything in parts, but every part stands independently of the last. So you can jump in anywhere, and I'll make sure it makes sense. You can find some ad-free, uncensored, complete versions of all my videos on my website, owenmorgan.com. And while you're there, don't forget to sign up for my email list to get early access to everything. All links are in the description. Okay, thanks for watching, guys.